We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Mike Kehoe, who is Missouri's Lieutenant Governor, is with us as we get started here on this Tuesday afternoon. Lieutenant Governor Kehoe, how are you? Welcome back. Have you been to the factory, that the, the new venue out there in Chesterfield? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, what contemporary production has done, and it's done for a long time in our community, as you know, and Steve Shankman in particular is... Uh, it's a St. Louis, and it's pretty cool to see what they've been able to do and the path they've been on. So, yeah, it's 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 an incredible operation. It's it's incredible that it's in St. Louis. Yeah, it's awesome. Way. It wouldn't happen without people like him. I'm excited about it. All right, let's talk about a couple of issues here. Let me start just because I kind of went off on this a little bit in the beginning, the questions about the objects and the balloon that came right over Missouri. We had uh, Missouri Congressman Ann Wagner call me during my roundtable, Mike, uh, about 10, 11 days ago when this was flying over the St. Louis area. And it still seems like we don't have ample answers to our questions, doesn't it? It's ridiculous. It flew over the state capitol. It flew over Whiteman Air Force Base, home of the B-2 bomber. Um, it's, it's, we have no answers that I've seen. And what's even more disturbing is we have uh, uh, just the facts. We have a commander in chief that has not got out and talked about it in front of the press. And since we've shot that balloon down, uh, there have been more objects that have been shut down, and we, the American people, know very little. So um, it, it's a lack of leadership at the highest level, in my opinion, right now. Yeah, and I would fold into that, you know, and again, I just sort of wrapped up a little bit of a monologue on this. There's just so many things that are happening from the, the objects, the balloon, to the situation in Ohio that people have questions about. And when you don't get answers to your questions, and certainly when you don't have faith in those, you know, those government agencies, then you have conspiracy theories that are running rampant. And unfortunately, that's what's happening on social media right now. People don't know what to right. believe, so they're going to believe what they want to believe. Yeah, I, th- I believe the American people are a reasonable bunch of folks. And I think if somebody stands there saying, hey, look, this just happened. We're going to dig into this. We're going to tell you everything that's going on and uh, just give us a minute to figure it out or something. And that minute doesn't turn into weeks or months. I mean, I think people understand that, you know, uh, we didn't know it was in the balloon we shot down. But now here we are, you know, several eight, nine days later, uh, and we're still talking about that. And we've and like I said, we've had other objects they've shot down. And you mentioned the incident in Ohio. We have nobody coming out forts telling us about what's happening there. And, um, and, and that's right. With social media today, uh, that's when the rumor mill gets started and it goes like wildfire. What is your reaction or do you have one? I mentioned Andrew Bailey, the attorney general is coming on. I'm, I'm horrified, but not only by not one only I read last week in the free press and the, uh, the whistleblower report, but also I think even more damaging the affidavit that she signed telling some of the details of what happened here at Children's Hospital at this transgender clinic. It's child abuse, in my opinion. It's I don't know any other way to put it, uh, to be honest with you. It's something that, you know, it's one of those things, you know, Mark, we've talked a lot of times we've been around. 
I don't think a week ago or you know a month ago or a year ago, you and I would ever thought we'd be talking about a topic like this. No. And certainly not there right in St. Louis. I mean, I'm the father of four, and I can tell you that I, I can't get my arms around how this could be happening in our own backyard and how, you know, professionals at some level, there's professionals who thought this was okay. Um, it's the lack of real medical care. It's the claim of the child abuse, the experimentation on vulnerable minors. I don't know even how this unfolds. I can tell you that Andrew Bailey is doing a great job. He's all over this. I've talked to him several times about it. I know he's talked to other policymakers and area folks in the, in the region. Um, and Andrew's a great guy who I think will, I think he'll be, unlike the previous subject we talked about, I think Andrew, between him and Josh Holly and some other ones, I think you will get a lot more answers with them looking into and it. You know what I was thinking about this, because I, I truly believe, and I said this yesterday, that in, I understand the complexities of issues like this, and it's never going to happen, but really politics should not be an issue here. This should be one of those issues. In fact, I, I thought about this this morning. I think, you know who should really be pissed off about this? If, if you're a trans person who truly felt like you had dysphoria and you were helped by something like this, I still have my questions about the amount of true dysphoria. You should be mad about the abuse that was going on, because there were clearly mentally ill kids that were not trans and did not need to transition that were abused by that clinic. You're absolutely right. I mean, the people, whether you and I agree with their position or not, the adult trans community should absolutely be on fire about this as well. Yeah. Uh, what are your hopes as a former lawmaker for this legislative session, Mike? It seems like things have calmed down just a little bit in that um, wacky Republican caucus. We've had some fireworks over the last couple of years. What are your hopes for the legislature this year? Well, you know, there's some, as we speak right now, I'll be back up in the Senate floor in a minute. There's a parent's bill of rights, um, representative or Senator, I'm sorry, Andrew Koenig has been just a champion on some education reform initiatives. Uh, I think especially after COVID, we've seen uh, parents have just absolutely come unglued at what kids are learning and sometimes not learning in their schools. Um, and Andrew has put together a great piece of legislation, a parent's bill of rights. I'm, I believe some education reform uh, initiatives will come out of session this year. I'm, I'm sure hopeful. I, it seems like it has an early start in leadership in both the House and the Senate. Uh, Speaker Dean Plocker from the St. Louis area and then Caleb Browden uh, on our side from Columbia both seem to think that education reform will be something that comes out. So uh, it's, it's interesting you ask that question while we're debating the Parents' Bill of Rights. Well, so, you know, you've had some experience in the legislature. What would your response be to the claims last week when the debate was shut down on the House side? on the, you know, the, the crime issue, obviously trying to address some of the things happening here with Kim Gardner in St. Louis and then Democrats, because it seemed like a bit of a setup and the, the Post-Dispatch reporters were right outside the door, all of a sudden claiming racism. The procedure is they were shut down because the protocol did not allow for that debate at that time, right? That's exactly right. And, and you know, it's easy for a side who doesn't like the issue that's on the other side to all of a sudden go to some extreme. And in this case, I think uh, them pulling the race card was, you know, uh, probably outside the bounds or not probably was outside the bounds of what that the core of that debate was the core of the issue and you know it is that where are we going to go from here as a community mark when i lived in north st louis city we had 900,000 residents in the city we're under 300,000 now at what point in time do the leaders of st louis whether it's kim gardner or the mayor or board of aldermen or anybody else say we've got a problem do we wait to 250,000? Is 225? What's the magic number? Because it's certainly not going in the right direction. And geospatial and all the things that we've got going on in that downtown St. Louis corridor, you look at the new soccer stadium, you look at Union Station, you look at the improvements around Ballpark Village, the Arch, 
we've spent a ton of capital in that downtown St. Louis core, and if we don't fix it, it's not going to last. It's so sad because, you know, my time, I've been back in St. Louis since 2006. I lived here for a long time in the 80s and 90s as well, and, and I don't remember a time when there was more exciting things happening downtown, not too far from where I'm sitting right now. And I also can't remember when there were more people that live currently where I grew up in West St. Louis County that say they won't come downtown because they don't think it's safe. I and mean, I don't think it's safe either. Well, part of our role as lieutenant governor is sitting on the Tourism Commission, and I can tell you St. Louis tourism is, sets the tone for the rest of the state of Missouri. And being able to communicate not only to our own residents in the region, like you were just saying, but you know, kind of to the Midwest, and in our case, to the world as we start unveiling some of these various assets we have with the soccer stadium opening, as you know, is on March 4th. And that will be a, that will be a global viewership that we see. We absolutely have to be able to give law enforcement the tools they need to be able to put the bad guys in jail. And then we have to have a prosecutor who keeps them in jail. We can't let them out before the paperwork is done. So, and so being yeah. able to create safe communities, no matter what part of Missouri you live in, is the number one thing I hear about from people as I travel all 114 counties. We want a safe community. So when I was in uh, mid-Missouri in Columbia, went to school there and worked on the radio, I knew your name because I had friends that worked for you when you were a car dealer in Jeff City and knew the, the Kehoe name. Then you became a lawmaker. You and I talked quite a few years when I was on CAMWX about transportation issues because I always appreciated your you know, your, your knack and your attention to that. Um, you get appointed here in this position. Now you're running for governor, Mike. So explain why. Why do you want to do that to yourself, I guess would be my question. <laughs> well, you join, you join the course of a lot of our family members who ask me the same question. I'll tell you why, Mark. Uh, you, you know my story, uh, North St. Louis City, raised by a single parent, youngest of six, had nothing in our household. Um, I was able to be adopted uh, almost literally by the Sinclair family, and uh, the good Lord has blessed my wife and I, four children later, uh, 33 years of marriage, multiple successful small businesses. I feel like this is our way of giving back. And the other thing that happens is, is that you, that's the original reason I ran for politics, but at a larger level, when you talk about governor, when you travel all over the state of Missouri like you do, you fall in love with the people and their stories that they've had, the successes, quite frankly, some of their challenges. And um, you, you realize one thing. I want citizens in this state, and young people especially, to have the same opportunities I had. And I don't want government getting in their way. That's number one. Missourians are pretty smart. We saw that through COVID. The more we left people open and let them figure out things, uh, the better off they did. And so, number one, keep government out of their way. But number two, have somebody in the executive office that, A, knows how to run a business, uh, and that, B, has been through both sides of the, the equation in this. I mean, my family had very little. My mother loved us, and she told us if uh, – you know, if you love the Lord and you work hard, you can get anywhere in this country. And uh, she was 100% right, and I want to make sure that those opportunities continue to exist for other Missourians for generations to come. Mike Kehoe, always great. Come see us in person sometime. Haven't had that uh, opportunity, but good luck with everything, and we'll, we'll see what happens in this legislative session. Certainly no lack of things to talk about. We know that, right? You bet. I'd love to do so. I appreciate your kindness. Your listeners are great, and it's always good to talk to my home city. All right. Take care, Mike. I appreciate it. That's Mike Kehoe. He's the lieutenant governor. He's running for governor of Missouri. We're going to hear from him quite a bit here. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.